The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome to Financial Issues. I am Shanna Burt. And as you just heard there in the break, you heard the voice of Dan. Gosh, it makes me miss him so much. But you heard him talking about the investment in a partnership being $85. That's eighty, not $85 a month. That's $85 a year to become a partner of the ministry. So as a partner, here are the things that you get. You get access to our asset allocation models. You get access to the buy list that helps you to manage a biblically responsible portfolio on your own. You also have access to a lot of partner videos that go through and instruct you on how to get started and tips on how to manage your portfolio. For $124 a year, if you do the the prime partnership, which is just a little bit more, you also get access to the portfolio tracker, which is going to help you to manage your portfolio to see how well diversified you are into the different sectors. Another perk of partnership is that you get to participate in a monthly partner conference call. Sometimes they're a little bit more often than monthly, sometimes a little bit less as we've had a lot going on here at the ministry and um, we're, we're just getting into the groove of, of having those regular partner conference calls. The other benefit that you get to is just to uh, uh, support the work of financial issues. So what you're seeing and hearing right now is not all there is to financial issues. Financial issues also has a news program every single weeknight at six o'clock central, seven o'clock Eastern time. And it gives the, all of the world headlines news from a biblical worldview. There's also lots of other great content that financial issues puts out. Um, we just recently debuted on father's day a original content uh, from Financial Issues called Good Guys Doing Good. And it's a documentary about um, different Christian men over the, or maybe not just men, but, uh, you know, it is good guys. <laughs> so good guys, good Christian men across the country that are involved in ministry in a very unique and adventurous way. So you can see that. Uh, content on demand if you go get the phone app at FISM.TV. You can also uh, get the app on if you have a smart TV on a Roku or a Fire TV. There's the FISM app that you can watch all of that uh, right from your TV. You can also watch this broadcast from there as well, too, and the news every weekday night. So there's so much that you support when you're a partner. It's not just for people who want to manage their own portfolio or get access to some stock research. It goes for a very good cause. So even if you never um, intend to manage your portfolio on your own, partnership is still a great way to support this program and to keep us on uh, on the air. So if you heard about us on the radio uh, and you have continued to listen and we've added value into your life, then we we recommend that you become a partner or become a soldier, a monthly soldier. Uh, Dan started that, you know, a couple of years ago just as to provide some ongoing support to the ministry. So you can sign up to do $20 a month or really whatever the Lord lays on your heart, you know, take it to the Lord in prayer and ask him what he would have you to do with the money because it's all his anyway. So we want to make sure that we're being good stewards. So uh, let's get Rick calling from Texas. Hi, Rick. Good morning, Shanna. I sure appreciate you taking over for Dan. You're doing a wonderful job. We do miss him, but you've stepped in and done a great job. Um, Thank you. Excuse me. My throat's giving me trouble. Sorry. Um, I'm an income investor, 
And my question is, I'm just a little confused about the Timothy funds that are in the income portfolio because I don't see that they're paying much of a dividend. Maybe I'm just reading them wrong, but am I right in the fact that I'm not seeing much of a dividend being paid by them? And what's their purpose? Yeah, so the dividend on the Timothy funds is going to be lower than some of the other stock positions that you have in there, but the purpose is for diversification. So, you know, the Timothy funds offer the ability to be diversified in some areas. So it's really uh, a little bit difficult to try to, you know, when, when you think of an income investment, a lot of times you'll think of a bond. And, you know, it's it's a little bit hard to go in and manage an individual bond portfolio. We've seen um, credit quality in the bond market decrease as interest rates, you know, have, have come down. Um, over over time, and there's just not as good, you know, there becomes the issue of being biblically responsible and screening those things out. So we will use the Timothy plan to to get a little bit of professional management on that side of it, and that's really the purpose. And then there are, you know, some funds or some of the ETFs that will, um, the, the TPHD or HE fund is also, or ETF is also a way to get some equity exposure. You know, with interest rates being so low for so long, um, income investors really have been forced into the equity markets to get yield because you can, a lot of times, find stocks that are paying higher dividends than what you can find in the fixed income market. So that's the purpose there. Okay, well, I was just wondering because I don't see that, you know I don't see that I receive any dividends from them to speak of at all. I mean, I don't, you know, the, the stocks I have, of course, pay dividends, and I can't see that the, the the funds were. So that was my question. I mean, do they pay dividends, and when do they? Is that's what I was looking for. Yeah, so you can look if you're on the website, um, or if you go to the timothyplan.com website. That'll give you, you, you can find some of the fact sheets for the mutual funds and ETFs, and you can see what they're paying and when. Also, if you look in your, your brokerage platform should have some way for you to track those dividends. So one way I can think of is to go into the history of uh, the transaction history. If you have an online uh, access to your brokerage account and then you can sort those things by like I know I know on our platform you can search for all dividends paid within a certain time period so you could look for like a year some of them are gonna some of them are gonna have some regular dividends maybe like quarterly but most of the dividends or the income that you get from mutual funds comes toward the end of the year in the form of a capital gains distribution so um, you know check that the history there in your uh, on your brokerage platform, and you'll be able to see when and how much they pay. Perfect. Well, I, I'll go back and look again, and um, I have Fidelity, so I, I know how to do that. So we'll go check it out again. I just hadn't noticed it yet, and was just curious because, because of course I am an income investor, you know. And I was wondering, you've answered my question anyway, so I appreciate that. Okay. Well, great. We appreciate your support. You know, at financial issues stewardship ministry the keyword there is stewardship we try to help you get your mind right about money you know we defund the darkness through biblically responsible investing and the second part of that is that we want to fund the light with the with the resources that God's given us. So we have all of these opportunities. You know, we can't always go to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel like we're asked to do in the Great Commission. But where we can't go, we can send our money and we can send our prayers. So we're asking you to pray for this campaign. We're trying to help any partners raise $100,000 because they want to purchase a residence to help rescue children from the sex trade in India. So there's about 5 million children in the sex trade in India. And, you know, for, for many of them, their mothers work in India. It's not illegal in India for women to sell their bodies uh, for money. Um, And unfortunately that's what a lot of them have to do to make ends meet. Now the children are the real casualties, you know, in addition to the women, you know, the, the children are the casualties as well. So, you know, their, their mothers are up working late at night. And so they sleep during the day. The children are left unattended um, or worse yet, you know, sometimes the children 
are, you know, drugged and put under the beds while their mothers are working in the sex trade at night. And India Partners has been instrumental in rescuing children out of that sex trade. And so we ask you to help them. Go to financialissues.org. There is an India Partners banner that you can click on. You can find out more information and how you can provide safety to these children on the other side of the world. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with. We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to financial issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money. We are honoring God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money, building God's kingdom. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read His Word daily, and obey His teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt, and I just wanted to pick up on a few thoughts that I had. I was reporting some of the the job data that came out and average hourly earnings came in. And this is something that the Fed looks at when they're making decisions on raising rates because average hourly earnings, if they continue to go up, this factors into inflation because if employers are having to pay their employers more money to come to work, they're not going to see their profit margins shrink a whole lot. They're not just going to you know, eat that as Biden would have them do and ask them to sacrifice their profits um, to get inflation under control. They're not going to do that. They're going to pass the the increases on to the consumer who is buying the goods and services that they are producing. So average hourly earnings for all employees on private non-form payrolls in the U.S. rose by 10 cents or 0.3% to $32.08. That's the average hourly wage in the country. So year over year for June, over the last 12 months, average hourly earnings have increased by 5.1%. So that's starting to slow a little bit or to kind of stall out, but that goes a long way from saying that it's 
it's going to come down. So I think inflation is going to be sticky for a while um, as we work through some of these issues. And, you know, what's even more scary is to see a quote from a recent Fed meeting where Jerome Powell said uh, in I'm paraphrasing here, but he said it's just it's kind of scary to realize how much we don't understand about inflation. And, you know, the Fed is supposed to be uh, the foremost expert on inflation in this country as it is their mandate to, you know, they have a dual mandate. You always hear that say. So they have two purposes. They're trying to keep employment high or unemployment low, and they're trying to keep inflation in check. And, you know, uh, on one of the fronts, they're they're doing okay, I guess, if you give them credit for this strong job market, which, you know, I would really give credit for this strong job market to President Trump, who created a very pro-business environment and made it um, acceptable for companies to make profits again. You know, we, we have a system of capitalism in this country, but you have so many on the left who want to demonize profits. You know, they just don't understand that it is business that is the driver of the economy. You know, the the selling of goods and services, the consumer being able to purchase it. Well, the consumer can't purchase goods and services if they don't have income, if they don't have a job. And so they just don't really understand. I don't know what school of economics that they graduate from. It's probably the same one that trains them to be a career politician and to, um, get all of their um, provision from the government rather than actually spending some time in the real world in a real job in the private sector. They are career politicians, you know, just like Joe Biden. So let's get to the Ashina part of the show. And uh, Seth, what do we have as far as the questions from Park? Uh, Joseph is saying, Shanna, when you say that no position in a sector should be more than two to three percent, does that mean two to three percent of the current value of the portfolio? Yes, it does. So, you know, that you'll notice that there'll be some positions that have an allocation of maybe five or 10 percent, but they're not the individual stock positions. So when you're looking in a sector, that means that you're looking at, you know, in, in any given sector, you should have at least three to six or seven different individual companies. So you don't want to have more than uh, definitely not more than 5%. That's way too high. But if you start to get well over 2 to 3%, let's say that you have a sector that is allocated 5%. Maybe you're going to have five stocks at 1% each. So that's 1% of the current value of the portfolio. Now, if you're a partner and you're using the portfolio tracker, it is very easy to figure this out. In fact, the tracker actually shows you what percentage of your portfolio that the stock actually makes up. Good stuff, Shanna. Then we've got Robert saying, hi, Shanna. Some descriptions of stock mention this. You will receive a K-1 for tax filing. How does this affect someone that has that stock? Should they sell that stock? So, no, Robert, I don't think it means that you should necessarily sell the stock unless it just creates a a burden that you're just not willing to bear when it comes tax time. Um, K-1s typically come in late. So if you're an early filer uh, of your tax return, you, you're going to have to wait on that or you're going to have to do possibly an amendment whenever you get it in. So I would just know that that's count on it coming late every year um, and just get it to your tax person. If you have somebody that does your taxes, they will know exactly what to do with it. It's, you know, it's a very minimal effect because like we just talked about in the previous question, you know, you're not going to really have more than one to two percent of your whole portfolio in one position. So it's not going to create a huge impact on your taxes tax professional will know exactly what to do with it. If you do your own taxes and you use some of the the tax software that you know, they'll ask the questions and they'll know what to do with it too or you can call their their support. But it's not really that big of a deal uh, in my opinion. I think it's still worth um, holding some of those companies because they they do pay good dividends and the K1 is just, you know, part of doing your taxes. 
This is a different Robert. He's saying, my question concerns the various Timothy funds that uh, you recommend. From a strictly biblical investing standpoint, no doubt Timothy funds are an excellent choice. But from an operating fees standpoint, he feels like they seem a little bit high. Would you agree that the operating expenses for the Timothy funds are above average? I'm a new partner, about two months, and I plan to use FISM's recommendations, but I'm giving these expense ratios much thought. Currently, I cannot justify paying these above average fees for the Timothy plan. I'd appreciate your thoughts and advice on this. My initial thought is to use FISM's recommendations except for the Timothy funds and replace them with something else. What do you think? Well, I think that, you know, I would agree that if you look at the average, they may be a little bit um, higher than the average, but I don't think it's that big of a deal, especially the percentage of the portfolio that it represents. And if you're looking at the portfolio that you build on your own with the individual positions, we use the Timothy funds in some areas that we can't really do a great job of of doing individually on our own. So for example, there are some things in fixed income. There's a fund that specializes in companies that are domiciled in Israel. There is another fund that owns some metals and some inflation protected uh, securities. So, you know, those are some specialty parts of the portfolio that you probably aren't going to be able to do a good a job as just using the funds. So although the, the expenses may be just a tad bit high, I don't think that it's it's anything to really be concerned about. And when you look at the grand scheme of things, it's just, it's it's a minuscule amount. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. And you know, even if that means, you know, even if that's something that you have to sacrifice a little bit to honor the Lord, I think it's well worth doing. Brenda is saying we're partners and have $100,000 total retirement that we rolled over in TD Ameritrade. My husband and I are 69 and retired. We were following the income only allocation chart and thought maybe we should be following the 65 into retirement. Can you advise what asset allocation model we should be taking? We both worked for the state of Virginia, received retirement, social security. We don't need our investments to live on. That's the first question, Shanna. You want to answer that one and then she has a follow up as well. Okay, so 69 and retired. Um, At 69, I mean, you're kind of on that cusp where you could go either into the 65 or transition into that income portfolio. I tend to say, you know, and I'm not speaking death over anybody when I say this. I'm just saying statistically speaking, if your life expectancy is approaching 10 years or less, the income model is probably the way to go. Um, At 69, though, you're you know, your life expectancy is probably still more than that. So if you're taking all of the income uh, that your portfolio is generating, you could start gravitating toward that income portfolio. Um, If not, and I lean more towards saying stay in the 65 uh, into retirement portfolio, that allocation model, but you can still be very income minded, even in the 65 portfolio, all you have to do is to choose the blue stocks that you see. That indicates that that those are income stocks, which for us means that they uh, pay a high-yielding uh, dividend and they have consistent dividend history over time. Brenda is saying, we're partners and have $100,000 total retirement that we rolled over in TD Ameritrade. My husband and I are 69 and retired. We were following the income-only allocation chart and thought maybe we should be following the 65 into retirement. Can you advise what asset allocation model we should be taking? We both worked for the state of Virginia, received retirement, Social Security. We don't need our investments to live on. That's the first question, Shanna. You want to answer that one, and then she has a follow-up as well. Okay, so 69 and retired. Um, At 69, I mean, you're kind of on that cusp where you could go either into the 65 or transition into that income portfolio. I tend to say, you know, and I'm not speaking death over anybody when I say this. I'm just saying statistically speaking, if your life expectancy is approaching 10 years or less, the income model is probably the way to go. Um, At 69, though, you're you know, your life expectancy is probably still more than that. So if you're taking all of the income uh, that your portfolio is generating, you could start gravitating toward that income portfolio. Um, If not, and I lean more towards saying stay in the 65 uh, into retirement portfolio, that allocation model, but you can still be very income minded, even in the 65 portfolio, all you have to do is to choose the blue stocks that you see. That indicates that that those are income stocks, which for us means that they 
uh, pay a high yielding uh, dividend and they have consistent dividend history over time. Awesome. Good stuff. Then her follow-up question is, if we're retired and have to start taking the required RMD at 70 and a half, can we continue to invest and purchase stock while having to take the RMD? Um, so an RMD just has just means that you have to take money out of your IRA. Doesn't stipulate what you have to do with it. So you can take money out of an IRA one of two ways. You can either just take a cash distribution and deposit that in your checking account and spend it or give it or, you know, do whatever you want with it. Or if you're not going to spend it, you can just move assets from your IRA into a non-qualified brokerage account. So you just have to have both of those accounts set up on the same platform. And usually it's just a matter of paperwork. You know, you sign some paperwork, you identify which uh, securities or which holdings you want to transfer into your investment account and then you know you sign the paperwork and they do that for you if you're going to do that what i would recommend because once you move it from the ira into the non-qualified account you do have to pay taxes on the amount of that distribution Um, so if you're going to be moving something one of the things to move in most all of the asset allocation models especially the 65 into retirement there are some etfs that are recommended. So if you have those, those are good things, especially if they're the enhanced ETF, is to move those out into the non-qualified account. Because once it moves to the non-qualified account, you have to pay taxes because you've never paid taxes on anything that's that's in the IRA. But once you move it out, if you sell it, you know, the cost basis um, gets set at the value it is on the day that you move it out, then if it increases in value, you could have to pay capital gains tax if you're in a tax bracket higher than the 12% bracket. So you want to kind of hold things that are foundational or things that you might not need to sell in the future. That will help you to regulate, you know, although you never want to make tax decisions uh, investment decisions based strictly on the tax consequences, but it's something that you you do want to keep in mind. Another way to meet that RMD, so if you're if you're having to take an RMD, that means you're at least seventy and a half. If you're doing any giving, um, you can do giving directly from your IRA. It's called a qualified charitable distribution, and that's going to be a way if you give directly to a nonprofit ministry, that money will come out tax free. So that's a really great benefit. So I'm Sheena Burt with Financial Issues, and we're going to be back right after this. Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances even Christians who have this passion and, and the honesty that you have, you're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of His people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Connected with us wherever you are. Watch FISM TV on the go 24 7. Download our free app today. Available now on iTunes App Store, Android Google Play Store, and Amazon App Store.
Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I am Shanna Burt. I'm a financial advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA Rappel and Company, registered broker dealer and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. So important that I get that disclaimer out there as I start to talk about some uh, advice for people as we're answering questions here from the partner side. And I just wanted to circle back to Robert's question about the Timothy plan and the high expenses uh, in the mutual funds and, you know, considering not using them. What I just really want to drive home the point that, you know, here at Financial Issues, one of the things that we are passionate about is biblically responsible investing. And so the way that that works is that we want to honor God. We want to give God first place in our finances. We want to honor God in everything that we do, and we don't want to do anything that's offensive to God. We don't want to be involved in sin in any way because sin hurts God's kids. When God tells us not to do something or to do something, He is looking out for our best interest because He loves us, not because He's a mean God up there just sitting in heaven wanting to control what we're doing and making sure we're not having any fun and in any of those things. No, it's because he loves us and he wants to give us an abundant life. And so he gives us some certain parameters and guidelines. And there is a spiritual battle happening in this world around money. You know, money, uh, one of the most misquoted scriptures is that uh, the the root of all money is the root of all evil. But what it actually says is that the love of money is the root of all kind of evil. Anytime we love something more than we love God, we're setting ourselves up for some really difficult times in our lives. And so whenever we invest in a company, whenever we buy a stock or a mutual fund, we're taking what the world calls an ownership position in that company. And we don't get to make the day-to-day decisions about how that company's run. We don't get to choose if that company is now going to give money to their employees so that they can go to another state and kill their baby. We don't get to choose if the company is going to donate money to support a gay pride parade where grown men are riding bicycles naked around right in front of little children promoting a sinful lifestyle. But we do get to choose whether or not we own those companies at all. And if we do own them, then we are entitled to our share of the company's profit. And if we then allow them to use that money to support those things, then we are becoming complicit. We are becoming a stumbling block to people. And the scripture warns us against that. So, you know, what Timothy Plan does is is they've been around for more than 25 years, and they have a very, very strong conviction about avoiding the companies that do that and helping us avoid the companies that do that. And, you know, it's not cheap. There are a lot of manual uh, labor hours that go into scouring Uh, financial reports from companies, board of directors meetings, looking at their websites. There's a lot of manual work that has to be done. And, you know, most mutual funds and ETFs are not biblically responsible, not because they're trying not to be, but just because they're failing to screen. So the good news is, is that only around 10% of publicly traded companies fail a screen Um, engage in activities that we don't want to be involved in. So that leaves a lot of companies that we can invest in. But, you know, it does take some of those companies off the table for us. So, you know, we support Timothy. We We are very equally yoked with Timothy. They are unwavering. They are steadfast in what they do. And, you know, to me, if we have to pay a little bit more to make sure that we're honoring God in the investments that we use, then I'm okay with that. And I think the Lord would be too. So we've got some calls and let's get to them right now. We have another Robert calling from, we've got lots of Roberts today. Yeah, <laughs> Shannon, today's Robert like the Robert show. Mississippi. Hi, Robert. 
thank you for taking my call, Shana, and thank you for taking over for Dan. You're doing a great job. And I just wanted to ask you if anything has changed on the silver and gold uh, issue. I keep hearing so much about it, and uh, I think it's a fear thing, really. But anyway, I just wanted to ask you if there's a percentage or uh, what you think about the silver and gold issue. Yeah. Well, you are so right. It is a definitely a fear-based sell. And, you know, Dan used some really strong words a lot. He would he would say that a lot of the, and not all of them, you can't group everybody into the same category, but there are a lot of gold salesman predators out there. And, you know, they use these opportunities when fear is high, when the market is down, when, you know, when the, the drama on the TV about recession and all of these fears, you know, and they really tend to prey on Christians because, you know, they Christians love gold. You know, we're looking forward to streets of gold in heaven. And so, you know, we tend to see some, some value there, but... Um, you know, gold and silver metals are still speculative commodities, so their prices go up and down. You know, the price of gold uh, peaked out in March of this year, and it's down 14% right now just since March. So, you know, metals don't pay any dividends like stocks do, or some stocks anyway, Um you also have to be very aware of the commissions that you might have to pay to get in or out of them. That's not as heavily regulated as the uh, financial services industry or the investment industry is. Um, so you have to be careful about that. You also have to be careful about storage fees. And uh, so I recommend that if you do, it, it, it's okay if you want to do 5 to 10% of your overall portfolio in metals. I would suggest just buying the physical metal and actually taking possession of it yourself. So, you know, that brings on a whole nother set of risk. You know, somebody could come into your home and steal it. So you want to make sure you, that you have a, a place to keep it as well. But if you're following along with this as a partner, you'll notice that one of the mutual fund allocations have increased at least in the 55 and 65 models. And that is a defensive fund and that fund actually owns metals, too. So they own metals and some security, uh, inflation-protected securities inside the fund. And they were one of the first companies, first mutual fund companies several years ago when the law changed, allowing mutual funds to actually physically own, hold their own metals. They, uh, The Timothy plan was one of the first companies to actually take advantage of that. So that's a great way to, uh, to hold metals if you want to add those to your portfolio okay well i sure appreciate it thank you we appreciate your partnership and thank you for calling let's go to helen helen's calling us from texas good morning shanna um thank you for taking my call my question is i'm tracking with you um my husband is going to be 60 and i'm 59 but i track on the 45 to 55 model the Timothy model, and I have um, ETF one. And my question is: now that it's um, changed on the model to ETF six, do I hold the ETF one and no longer contribute, and then start purchasing ETF six, or do I still contribute to the ETF one and start a new e- um, contribution? contribution to the ETF-6? Okay. So that's a great question. And, uh, you know, there's a, a, a lots of questions in and around that. So the ETF-6 is just an enhanced version of ETF-1. So one strategy that you could use is to do 50-50. So whatever allocation it, it, it is for that particular ETF, you could split it right down the middle. So let's just say, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, but if it's 10%, you know, you could keep 5% in ETF one and just redirect all of your new contributions into ETF six, um, or you, you know, or you could go fully into the enhanced strategy. What the enhanced strategy does is it's the same holdings that you had before in ETF one, but it has some triggers in it. So when, when the index that it follows drops in value, it has the ability to go to cash. 
And then it also has some triggers to redeploy that cash if the market goes down further, which is usually a good thing. You know, the further the market goes down, the less statistically probable that it's going to go down further. So that just really kind of forces you to, um, you know, get out at a certain point and get back in at a lower point. And then also if the market does recover, it has some triggers to go back in so that you're not sitting in cash, just missing out on returns. So um, you could go 50-50 or you could transition all into the enhanced. Okay. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to let everybody, all our partners and everybody to continue to lift you up in prayer I'm still praying for the Celia family, for the FISM groups. I've been tracking with you since uh, 2013 with Brother Dan, and and, uh, we thank you for everything that you're doing. God bless you. Thank you for that so much, Helen. Your, your encouragement strengthens my soul, and I know that, you know, the family really appreciates that, the team at Financial Issues, as we've been working through this transition. So I'm Shanna Burke with Financial Issues, and we'll be right back after this. Here at the AFA Foundation, we help families just like yours shore up permanent income for their retirement years through our charitable gift annuities. AFA Foundation's Associate Director, Chelsea Wildman. We would love to work with you to see if a charitable gift annuity is right for your situation. With a charitable gift annuity, you'll be giving to the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association, and you'll be ensuring that you receive a lifetime income and excellent tax benefits. You can fund a CGA through cash, credit card, or stock. Why not reach out to the AFA Foundation team today? A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Give us a call and let's talk about a charitable gift annuity. I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. And all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry a life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered. This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby. And the story doesn't end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250, keyword baby, pound 250 baby or donate securely at preborn.com that's preborn.com do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks think about it when you invest in a company you make a decision to support the things that that company supports and it may not be things that you agree with We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to financial issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money. We are honoring God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org. Welcome to FISM News. I'm Ian Patrick. And I'm Samuel Case. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the news of the day. At FISM News, we strive to report stories as clearly and simply as possible for your benefit. Stories that you need to know. You can watch us on FISM.TV and by downloading the FISM app. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FISM News. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. 
Welcome back to Financial Issues. Thanks for hanging with us today. We've got a couple calls that we're going to try to get to. Let's go to Dan. Dan's calling from Ohio. Hi, Shannon. I'm uh, 69 years old. I'm in the 65 to retirement. And I want to move um, more towards income producing. And I got about four stocks that I shared with the screener um, that I can't find on the the, um, the broad list. And I didn't know if any of them are worth keeping. Um, Okay. So all four, I can see the stocks there. They are all four on the broad list. Um, You'll want to look in the technology sector and the healthcare sector. So no, no sales have been, orders have been released for those. So if, if you mean that they're not on the broad list or you mean that they're not in the income model. I couldn't find them on the broad list, but maybe I have them coded wrong. I don't know on my uh, okay. So uh, allocation. The ones that start with C and A are in the technology, and the ones that start with E and L are in the healthcare. So you'll want to go there. Now we are, um, you know, we are. I am learning the backside of the website, and we're we're working on those things too. So there there could potentially be. I know it's hard to believe, but <laughs> there could potentially be some uh, some errors there. But we will definitely check on that. But okay. I would say that you can keep those as long as they fit into um, the asset allocation model that you're that you're going into. And that's the most important thing, is folks. Once you decide on an asset allocation model. You're going to want to try to follow that, you know, to the best of your ability and just be really disciplined in getting those allocations right. And I know it brings up all kind of questions when you transition from one model to the next. It's because you've owned investments that you're comfortable owning. Um, and it's just, you know, if you start to look at those investments and you think, well, gosh, I really don't want to sell them. Well, maybe it's a good indication to you know, to, to push you in a direction where you maybe stay in that 65, because you could stay in that 65 in the retirement model, you know, all the way through, you know, the rest of your, your life cycle, your investor life cycle, if you want. And you can just be intently income focused, where you start to evaluate some of your positions, and, you know, maybe replace some of the positions that aren't paying good dividends with, with those that are. But as long as they're in my model, you think that they're worth keeping. A lot of them have taken some pretty steep dives. Yeah. So, you know, we're the two of them in the technology sector, technology sector has gotten pretty, pretty beaten up. You know, the NASDAQ's down 30%. And, you know, a good part of the NASDAQ and even the S&P are in those two sectors that are represented there. So, you know, those things are going to happen. Um if you're following the asset allocation model to the T, your exposure to those sectors should be very limited. Um, in the 65 into retirement strategy, the two of them combined were at 9% total um, versus if you look at just the S&P, more than 40% of the S&P 500 is invested in technology and healthcare. So, you know, I think that's the reason why we're seeing the portfolios hold up better because up to up to just the last month, we've seen really kind of a. It hasn't been a broad based sell off. the The weakness has really been in the health uh, in the technology and uh, some of the healthcare stocks. But now we're starting to see that bleed over into other sectors as well. So none of these are income producing, right? That's the way I'm looking. Uh, seem, seems like I can't see. Correct. The one that starts with a. Um, it's got a, uh, an equivalent, I guess, that's a foundational stock in technology. So it's coded yellow if you go and look. And it pays a pretty decent dividend. So if you're still looking to keep some technology exposure, you might want to make a sideways move there. And it's been it's a stock that's been beat up pretty heavily, too. So it's not like, you know, a lot of people get hung up. Well, I don't want to sell it while it's down. You know, if you sell something while it's down and you move into something else that's down, it's really just a sideways move. So if you're improving quality, like going into something that's, that's giving you a better dividend, I think that's a good move. Okay. All Thank right. Thank you well, for your help. Thanks for calling. We appreciate your partnership. 
All right. Well, I think we've got some things to finish up on social, right, Seth? Yes, we sure do here, Shanna. Uh, we've got here. Let me get to my social page here really quick. We've we've got Alejandro on Facebook saying, "Good morning, Shanna. You are doing a great job. I believe Dan was right about you to be in the show with him. I would like to know what it is we should look at in order to decide uh, where. I'm not sure what he's saying there. <laughs> I was told that all that rates are not all to consider. What else is there to consider?" as well. Thank you. You know, honestly, Shanna, I'm not exactly sure what Alejandro's question is there because there's something that looks like it was misspelled, but he has given some great encouragement there and I have to agree with him. Dan was right about having you be on the show with him. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah. So Alejandro, if you could, you know, maybe get in there and clarify that question just a little bit, we can see if we can get to it today. Awesome. Do we have anything else? Yeah, we, to uh, we actually have a couple more partner questions here, Shannon, okay. if you want to try to get to these. Karen is saying, thank you for all you do to guide us in getting our minds right about money. My question is, will the asset allocation, uh, allocation model for ages 45 to 55 be changing much? My husband and I are 57, have a high risk tolerance and a long time horizon, 15 plus years, before we will need to use the money, if ever. We're adding a significant amount to our portfolio from a property sale and trying to decide between staying in 45 to 55 for a few more years or switching now. The 55 to 65 is a good bit more conservative and switching would require selling some stocks now when they're significantly down, which makes me want to stay in the 45 to 55 longer. My thought was to place the two models side by side and compare what is in them uh, to what we have to help make the decision. But that might not work well if the 45 to 55 model is going to change. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So the 45 to 55 model is not going to change much. And if you've got, you know, 15 years to retirement, you know, I would say that you're safe to stay in that model. Now, I suspect if you add in the cash to your portfolio tracker that you're going to be adding into the portfolio, that you're that you're probably not over in any of the sectors anymore. So that's really going to eliminate the need for you to sell some of your stocks um, to transition. And that's the best thing to do when when you have a chunk of money that you're going to add into a portfolio especially if you're using that portfolio tracker. And I don't really know how you're going to keep up and figure out um, how to manage your portfolio if you're not using that tracker. But it gives you a really great way to look at your asset allocation. Because once you get everything, you know, there's a little bit of manual work on the front side, getting all of your positions keyed in. But once you click on those charts, it gives you this really nice bar chart. And you can see in a quick glance where you're overweighted, where you're underweighted, and it gives you direction. It narrows down uh, your decision-making process a whole lot. It makes it just really, really simple because asset allocation is one of the most important things um, in managing the financial issues strategy. So I would encourage you put that cash in and then see if you're still overweighted in some things. But to answer the question, I think you'd still be fine for a few more years to stay in that 45 to 55 model. So just want to also remind you that, you know, the mission of financial issues is to help you um, get your mind right about your money to know whose it is and what to do with it. So please consider making a contribution to the India Partners campaign. We're trying to raise $100,000 to help them um, purchase some property so that they can help rescue children out of the sex trade in India. So what we're looking for is about 400 partners who are willing to donate $275 are more to make that uh, a possibility for them. And it doesn't have to be $275. You know, any amount of money that you can donate is greatly appreciated. And there's information if you go to financialissues.org and click on that India Partners banner. So I'm Sheena Burt with Financial Issues. Let's remember that all we have belongs to the Lord. Let's be found a good and faithful steward because Jesus is coming back and there is going to be a test. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.